What's up, everybody? Joseph here with Rad Parenting and my co-host, Anaya Bogue. Yes, uh, we're hanging out. Super excited about today's show. This is one of our guests that have actually been requested. You guys, the listeners, who email us at Rad Parenting. We are so responsive. We are. We are. Uh, radparenting at gmail.com. We got an email a few weeks ago, uh, and it was all about having Jim and Lindbergh from Pennywise, the other F word and punk rock dad, uh, writer of a book, singer of a band. Let's name the book. The name of the book, Punk Rock Dad. At, which turned into a, a movie. The other F word. Both totally brilliant. We were super excited. Yeah. Buckle up. And he came up all the way from the South Bay. That means he had a battle traffic to get here, and I want to apologize. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I did battle traffic. Did you? How many hours? It was a good hour. Okay. Yeah, this is the price we pay for living in Los Angeles. So anybody listening to this, this, this beautiful weather does not come for free. Yeah, and whenever I tell someone to come to Hollywood from anywhere else, whether they're in, if they're not in Hollywood, Except I, feel, my house. I feel guilty. Don't you feel guilty when they're like, where do you tape? It's like, you know, do I really have to come to Hollywood? It's brutal. Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for being here. We got so many things to talk about. Uh, we are going to dive into it. Parenting. The first thing I got to say is this guy has three girls. Parent. Dad of 19, three. 17, and 12. Like, that's it. Talk about being in it. Yeah, I'm in the zone. I want to ask you, just give us one word. What is it being a dad of three girls? One word. He can't even come up with one. <laughs> Scary. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, most of you guys know I have a daughter, and uh, she's uh, you know going to be going to be 15 years old. And the whole journey with my own daughter, it was so great because today Jim's daughter's here. She's wandering around side one dummy, and it was so great to meet her because through the journey with my own daughter, I've always called Jim Anaya whenever um, I've had an issue or a question about raising my own daughter. I'm like Jimmy, okay. This is happening right now. What do I do? And he would be, you were always just so helpful. You I would know, always you, be like, calm down, Joe. First of all, <laughs> calm down. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And, yeah. and then you would just talk and talk and talk and solve your own problem. I didn't have to say anything. And then it, it would be solved. So. Yeah, well, love, and I love, I have to just say that I, as a woman, I love knowing that there are men out there that are leaning on each other and feel comfortable, like calling up and being like, dude, I am failing miserably. I need help. <laughs> I was in my I was in over my head so many times that I would call Jimmy and I would it was I remember I remember the first time it was just when my daughter was in preschool and and it was like this girl's being mean to me and I was and I asked him like my god these girls are being so mean to my daughter and he said you know what man get used to it that's that's going to be a part of the ride for yeah. you and right. it'll change and and sometimes it'll be worse times than others but that was something that that was like yeah. a, a mirror of what I the future I was looking into. And us as guys, we would always want to be, well, problem solved. Let's go over there. Let's get some bats. Yes. <laughs> let's go beat up their dads. And, yes. you know, that's how we <laughs> take care of it. That'll take care of it. Yeah. Let's uh, get in the minivan. We'll do a drive-by with the, you know, I, 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 I want to rewind really quick because I think it's important for our listeners to know um, Jim Lindbergh, Who singer, is this person? Yeah, singer yeah. of the band Pennywise, uh, legendary punk rock band. At this point, they are a lifestyle band. How many years with Pennywise? For you? Uh, probably 25. 25 wow. years. Yeah. Singing, touring all over the world. I've had the honor uh, to open up with Pennywise uh, in Australia. Uh, we toured together back in the day uh, when I was in Wax. That's actually how I became friends with Jimmy. Uh, also an author, wrote the book uh, Punk Rock Dad, which uh, you gave to me right around the time I was like... My daughter was just like getting into the world and me going, oh my God, what do I have to ex expect? A father of three, three yeah. girls too. Yes. Three oh girls. God. I got the ages right here, 19, 12, and 17. Yes, gnarly. It is, you are in it. I'm in it. And then what is amazing is, and I, I was, I loved the film, uh, the other F word. Uh, you know, his book mm -hmm. gets turned into a film. Mm -hmm. You got Flea from the Chili Peppers in there. You've got Art from Everclear, Lars from Rancid. All of these dads coming together to really kind of talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, growing up with fighting authority and then suddenly uh, being a father or a mother. You, you are the authority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I always joke around, I'm not that good at it. Like, no, I am I'm not. Terrible. I'm learning constantly yeah. about being a dad. And I don't know if it's being authoritative, but just learning how to do the balance of kind of keeping who I am yeah. and, and still being there for my daughter. And that's the funny part of like having me on the show or me writing a book. If, if you read the book, you know, it's me talking about how poorly I 
am at the job. <laughs> you know, it's not about how, let me give you some tips. Right. I, I'm just going like, look at this horrible thing that happened. Look at, you know, here's how poorly I handled this situation. Learn from this. Like, learn from how bad I've been at it. And I'm, I'm sure all my daughters would agree that they've been learning. Oh, I don't know. I just met your daughter out there. <laughs> she and, seems, she yes. seems pretty together. I agree. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing I want to say is because we keep talking, every time we talk about punk rock, we're always talking about, you know, bucking authority. And w- so where I come from working with girls and women, we talk a lot about this idea of being the author of your own story. And the word author is in that word authority. And some, so when I hear bucking authority, I hear, you know, I was all about challenging this sort of bigger authority that is society. And because I, I felt I needed to be the, my own author. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's impressive. There's something great that I think a punk rock dad coming from that place would have to teach his daughters because there's nothing I want more for girls and women in the world than right. to see themselves as capable of being the authors of their own stories and not just, you know, helpmates for the men who are being the authors of their own stories. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with my daughters, I think having me as a the punk rock dad e- example of someone who was supposed to be about bucking authority, mm-hmm. to use a, a better word, uh, they kind of had this whole thing of like bucking my authority. Yes. Like they were okay with like <laughs> saying, I mean, the first word out of one of my daughter's mouth was no dad. Mm. Like, like this is how I do it. You know, yep. you, you can do your own thing and very independent on their own. And there's also another thing about... Uh, healthy rebellion against who your parents mm-hmm. are. If you have very, very strict parents, like I was just watching this thing on Janis Joplin, how she had extremely strict parents and then she became the wild child. Yes. Well, I was kind of the wild child dad. So my uh, oldest daughter especially became very responsible. It gets really good grades, going to a great <laughs> college now, was in the choir. Uh-huh. What's, what's, what's the biggest <laughs> opposite of a punk band? She's singing like Latin hymns in choir. Right. You so, but the, And that's what our kids do. You know, as, as what, especially as we go through adolescence and we're trying to come up with our own version of ourselves as an individual, part of that is usually like whoever our parents are, I'm going to be the opposite of that because that's way of, my, of asserting my own individuality in exactly. the world. Which exactly. sounds like exactly what she was doing. I got to ask you, Jimmy, because coming from the world that you come from and, and, you know, playing in bands, you're you're going through your life, you get married. Did you ever anticipate three girls? And how did you handle the first, you know, because I know for me, when my, when I found out I was having a a daughter, Mm -hmm. I, I always say, I had always imagined I was going to have a son. It just for some reason, like, yeah, I make, I make boys. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like I thought that. (laughs) And then, um, and I tell it all the time. I, I literally remember we're getting the ultrasound and a doctor says, Hey, you know what? I, you know, here you go. You're going to be, you're going to be a father of a little girl and and you're like oh yeah and i i was it it, like literally the room went silent yeah and it was like a scene out of a movie where he kept talking to me and my wife and in my (laughs) head i I just uh, my voice said what are you gonna do now yeah and i I literally i got nervous because i was like i'd never thought about (laughs) being a father to to a young girl and then i remember this other voice came into my mind and and it sounds so silly but uh, it's it said, hey, you remember when you were you know when you were growing up skateboarding? You love Patty Hoffman. She was this f- famous skateboarder, and I was like, yeah. And then like the drummer from Lenny Kravitz, she's a like I started thinking <laughs> uh, about all of the women, Janis Joplin, all these people, and all of these women that are so strong and so powerful. And it was like in a matter of maybe I'll have one of those. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in a second though, it was like I I literally had a and it, and it's so silly, but I know other dads out there had to have gone through the same thing. I mean, did you have like any? You know, it was a little different for me. Uh, One thing, uh, my wife had a miscarriage, and uh, we were really wanted to have kids, and and so when you go through that, it is really uh, trying. And so when we found out we were having a kid, and it was going to be a girl, and when she came out happy and healthy, you're just like, thank God. I don't care if it's a Martian or (laughs) yeah, yeah, or you know, if it's this one made it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Absolutely. So, So just absolutely great. And then the second girl, you're comes you're like okay all right we know how to do this we know how to do a girl it (laughs) seems to be okay i just had a sister growing up so i'm comfortable around women and stuff so i was fine with that the third one we we didn't find out in advance and i was pretty sure here comes my boy (laughs) here we go and uh i saw not for a second was i disappointed i was more understanding like well i'm gonna get a lot of crap for my friends now instead of (laughs) instead of like me caring about it that much i love having three girls i love they're awesome you know i can uh, they can do their own thing i can watch football on the couch and do my thing they do it their thing 
I love going to their choir, their ballet, the different things like that. You know, I, I'm enough man for the household. I got my, my male dog. Nice. Everything's fine. But uh, um, I love what you just said. You're enough male for the household <laughs> because, you know, watching the film, other F word, I love, you know, you're packing to go up on tour and there's that, that scene that people talk about where there's like a, you know, she goes, don't forget. And there's like a Barbie doll in there. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is going on. Like, yeah, not even an issue. Barbie's coming on the tour bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love that. How do you think you are so comfortable when you said there's enough manhood in the house yeah. with just me? How, like, was that from being raised uh, at home? Or? Yeah, I think probably from having my growing up with my sister and and uh, older you know, or younger. Uh, older, one yes. year older. So I have this theory, and I've I've witnessed it with men that I've, especially men that I've really gotten to know, is that men who have had older sisters are mm. are. I dare say, I'm not going to say better, but they are different and somehow they are more, I think because we have that um, that idea that's promoted like from the time we read fairy tales where the male is supposed to sweep in and just take care of, you know, save the yeah. damsel in distress. And yeah. boys who grow up with older sisters have that experience of not just their mothers caring for them, but they're looking up to their older sister as opposed to being the big brother, which further perpetuates right. that idea of like, I'm the one in charge, you know. Also, there's that competitiveness problem. Probably that it's different between, uh, you know, with a, a guy and his older brother. Mm-hmm. And this, For sure. And exactly. Just, there wasn't there. We would give each other crap all the time, uh-huh. and tease each other like crazy, but there just wasn't ever a big competition thing. And, and it has made me kind of a less competitive person mm-hmm. somewhat. Like, I don't really feel really competitive people. I think people are so competitive. They're so stressed out all the time. And you see that one thing, uh, like going through junior high and stuff, you see some, some moms out there, they're just like the helicopter moms or yes. or whatever. And they're so gnarly. They're coming in there and they're just like ready to break some heads over their daughter's, you know, yeah. social status. And yes. Especially down where I live down in the South Bay, man, it's getting really crazy. And, and you know, we want to talk about LA and we mm-hmm. all know what it's like here. The social systems are crazy. There's, yes. we all grew up middle-class uh, families working in, uh, you know, aerospace and things like that. And, but now there's all this money that's coming in the area. A lot of hedge fund managers and uh, big uh, entertainment lawyers with tons of money. So you have all these people coming in, and it, it can be really dog eat dog, and mm-hmm. and the whole popularity contest that's going on. And how do you, how know. do you how do you help your daughters? You know, I go through that with my own daughter, and 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 I'll use what you said to me once because we were having a conversation on the phone, and I was saying I was talking to Jimmy about just living here in Los Angeles. And I think for the people that are listening to the show, I, I, I don't know if it's just LA anymore. I think there's just, it's yeah. just changing everywhere so fast. You know, whether you're in the middle of the country or East coast or wherever you are, is that, you know, there's, there's different values when money gets into play. And I remember talking to Jimmy about it and you used raising a kid in LA is like raising them on the Autobahn of parenting. Yeah. And I remember going, Oh my gosh, he's so right. Because the difference from when I was growing up to what my daughter or my son mm-hmm. has to face, and also us as a family trying to keep who we are and our identity as a family, and and not not a you know not being jealous of someone that you know hey you have a ton of cash that's great. Mm-hmm. Molly Molly got a Range Rover for her 16th birthday. Yeah, you know? exactly. Dealt with stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, have you had like those? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How do how do you have those conversations with your family and your girls of like, hey, check it out. There's the Range Rover's not showing up. It's a use for escape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you put some you tint the windows, you get some nice wheels, it looks pretty nice. You'll yeah. be fine. But you know what? What's really, really cool about that is um my, my wife's uh uh, really good with money. She's really good with budgeting and stuff like that. And she's taught all of them to be so just conscious of that. And, mm-hmm. and instead of things are just going to be handed to you, you know, the, it, it really messes with those kids' minds a lot more than it does with people in, in our status. Because those people just think that, oh, man, mom's going to bring me yes. sushi for lunch at school today, and then I'm going to take the private jet somewhere. And- I totally agree. And this is something we've talked about. There's a couple of things you said. So one, are the mini-me episode in terms of, you know, the, the comment you made about, you know, moms being competitive and this whole social thing, you know, parents living through their children. It's so much worse now. It, it, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And I think the other thing is, is that we always, my philosophy of parenting is that our job is to make sure 
sure that our kids can function without us by the time they're leaving the nest. And when you are a parent, whether you are, you know, of average means, but you tend to be a helicopter parent, or you've got excessive means and you're always giving and doing everything for your kids, I really think it's debilitating. Like if we, if they can't go out and fend for themselves, we have done them a disservice. Well, if you have to have, if you have to have mom and dad's help with everything that you're doing, and if you're expecting mom and dad to always swoop in Mm -hmm. with, you know, hey, I forgot lunch. Oh yeah, mom's going to show up, like you said, with sushi. Whereas (laughs) I've had those conversations with my daughter and she's like, dad, dad, lunch is in an hour. And I'm like, yeah, I told you before we left. Did you need, you know, do you need your money for You said, no, I'm fine. And now you want me to come up and it's, I'll be like, Hey, you know what? I'll pick you, you know, I'll pick you up after school, but I can't just slide in. And then at that point, everyone learns really quick. You know what? I got to pack my own lunch or I got to make sure I have the six bucks so that I can eat. Right. There's it. God, six bucks. I think it's more like, (laughs) yeah, come on. Come on, Joe. I remember when I was a kid, it was two bucks. My dad would get, my dad used to give me $2 and I'd get a a burrito and a, a bag of chips. Yeah, and, and then and then wow. a lot of times I would just save the two dollars. So at the end of the yeah, yeah, living with my dad. So, so okay, I want to go just a little a little bit deeper, and I'm We're thinking up. as an example of uh, you know of this Jay Z days after his little girl was born, making this declaration that he would no longer call women bitches in his music. Um, I can't say for sure. I haven't done the research to find out if he followed through or not. But <laughs> on that note, are there ways that you can think of, even though you've now been a father of girls for a number of years because none of them are brand new. Um, are there ways that you can see that you, you know, evolved or tapped into other parts of yourself as a man by having, because I think that men start to see girls and women differently the minute that they have daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about how that played out for you. Yeah. You know, I, I, you just get super overprotective. Mm. I mean, but I, I've tried to temper it, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, there's, there's part of you that is, you know, people ask you, Oh, how are you going to deal with the boys? And mm-hmm. how are you going to deal with this? And I joke and say, well, I've got an Uzi, I've got knives, yeah. <laughs> I've got Chinese throwing stars, I've right. got everything an arsenal. But the truth is, you know, uh, it definitely changed me in the sense where I now had a, a, a my new goal in life was like, I've got a help raise these girls. Mm-hmm. I've got to go out there. I got to do everything it takes to, to protect them, but also help them, you know, become who they want to be. So I'm the guy on the, on the soccer sidelines, trying not to be too overbearing, but, yeah. you know, wanting them to succeed, but not, not being crazy dad. Yeah. So like, you're constantly trying to find that balance. balance. And that was the most important thing for me is like, how do I, uh, you know, influence my youngest daughter who's who's very bright and wants to like invent things like mm. how do i we watch shark tank together and i'm like you can do that you know and mm-hmm. but how do you I love not shark put- tank <laughs> shark tank is that's a that's a go-to at our yeah. house man i love it yeah and so yeah. you know how do you I, I just always like man you can do something like this this is something you can do you're really good at that and just like try and give them positive reinforcements that they can do what they want to do right not to a crazy extent but just give them like hey you can do this. And another thing is the example I, I try and give of my own life of saying like, hey, you know, I didn't just like grab a mic and start, you know, singing in a band and everything just turned out great for me. I, at age 12, I went and bought a guitar, mm-hmm. you know, saved up money from my uh, allowance and finally got a guitar. And every day after school, when my friends were going surfing or skateboarding or getting into dirt cloud fights, I was hammering that guitar all day, mm-hmm. two, three hours a day. And then I, you know, got a job being a bag boy and got a car so I could get the gear to the practice so we could play the party. And, you know, it's like all that work is stuff you have to put in. It's not just going to come to you yeah. anyway. So it's like, whether it's girls or boys, I think you're trying to give them a, a model of like, yeah, it does take hard work. Right. And and the the other kind of support when it comes to like whether it's just giving your kid a tutor or, or you know when they're struggling or helping them with their homework all that stuff it's like it's so important because you see what happens when you don't do that and the kids do have a sense of like man who's helping me through this mm-hmm. you know but at the same time you don't want to just be so helicopter mm-hmm. that you and and I think that's the one thing that this generation of kids is a real danger of I mean. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it was your case, but my parents, I loved them, still love them both. They're great people, but they were hands, hands off. off. Oh, fully. I mean, hands yeah, off. Just fully. like, you know, can be I, home at six. I don't care. Can, well, I, can, I, can I say, can I say something? Sometimes 
I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Like when I visit my dad now and I see him and or when I visit my mom and, and you know, we reminisce about growing up. Uh, she'll, you know, I'll be like, man, you know, you used to let me, there was the beach, the cove. I used to go down to the cove in Santa Cruz and it was where all the kids hung out and we would just go down there for the whole day and we would leave, we would leave at 10 a.m. We'd do our chores. We'd leave at 10 a.m. And then, and then, you know, not get home until five o'clock and you're in the ocean all, you know, just all day long, skimming, yeah. uh, surfing, whatever. And then all of a sudden you come home and your mom would show up. Okay, cool. What's up? And, and there was never really any discussion of really where I was at. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but it was always like. I had this responsibility to not get into trouble and to make sure I did do my chores. Mm -hmm. And it really gave me a sense of independence. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, and I don't know if it's the world that we're living in, or I don't know, and this is a question for you, Nay, I don't know if it's because of just me maybe of wanting my parents to be more involved. I feel sometimes I'm so involved with my son or daughter that I remember the other day, my son went to the park and he goes, yeah, I'm going to go down to the park and shoot hoops. And I couldn't believe that he was going to go do that. And then I still got in the Prius and drove down and watched him play basketball. I'm sitting there in the yeah. car and he's just, and he's just shooting hoops. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and, and, and I was like, why do I feel the need that I, I can't even let him walk? Why is that? Because I'm so afraid of what's going on in the world. Why, why is that? Feel yeah. Like- well, I think, I think there's a few things. I, I think, first of all, we live in a world where we are, we know things and we're able to kind of get the play-by-play of what's going on wherever. So even if nothing horrific has ever happened to a kid in your exact community, you know about it like it was your own community when you hear it via the internet, when you hear it on mm-hmm. television, on the radio, whatever. And there was a time when that just wasn't the case. Yeah. And people knew each other in their communities. They were watching out for each other. And we just we have this sense now that, well, that could be my kid. And if it happens, I'll never forgive myself. So I have to be really careful and super diligent to make sure they're safe. Right. I think that what we're talking talking about here is finding that sweet spot. And we've talked about this on other episodes where, you know, there's a helicopter parent, which is so suffocating that this kid does not even have the ability to figure out who they are. Right. And and then there's, you know, the other extreme where maybe with our, in our generation, for some of us, it was like, our, it was out of necessity. Our Both parents were working and trying to make ends meet. And there, there wasn't money to have nannies and, you know, mm. constant babysitters to make sure that we were always watched. And, you know, I think that we need to, we do, we need to finding that sweet spot. Make that we need to find that is, a sweet finding spot. that sweet spot. Do you? Do you? I, I have to ask you this because with the touring, being in Pennywise, you know, for the listeners out there uh, that know who who Pennywise is and and know about the history of the band and the element that you know you guys are a rowdy band. You don't go to a Pennywise show and sit in chairs, legs <laughs> crossed, you know, collar up. Okay, here we go. I'll have a glass of wine. Like you go to a Pennywise show, crush a few beers, and you run. You know, hey, I'm gonna grab my bros and we're going to run around in a circle and then the older bros are going to sit in the back and they're going to enjoy themselves too. I just went and saw you guys. You did three nights at the Palladium here in Hollywood. I was totally impressed because hey, you guys looked great. I was like, wow, when did the band like like <laughs> looked great? I'm probably the only person that would bring that up, right? I'm the only guy that said that to you after the show. Like, you look good. Hey, I think that's what you start saying at our age. Like, you look good. You look fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, you guys, you look good. And then, the, but the thing is, so you, you know, the band, I gotta say, you know, we never swear on the show, but you know, one of the songs, "F Authority," you yeah. know, that's like that, that's a song you might hear on K Rock this afternoon. Mm-hmm. "F Authority," you're sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. you know, you are the authority. How does that play out? I gotta ask you this, Jimmy. How yeah. does it play out? A at home with your three girls who know what you do. They know. Yeah. Have heard your music. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they've got they're, they've got so much ammunition to be like, oh, really? Yeah. 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 I know. Okay. So yeah. there's that question. So you're going to answer that one. And then the next thing I got to say is just I have to ask you, growing up with the going to the all school meetings and the auctions and the, the yeah. things you have to do as, as a parent. parent. <laughs> and yeah. then you're there. Volcom hat. Yeah. Black T-shirt. <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no second guessing it's you when yeah. you walk into a room. Yeah. How did you yeah, how do and you your wife that? juggle that? Yeah. Um, Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Right now, everyone was just like, what? what? Did, he, did he say Xanax? <laughs> no, uh, that's a joke. No. Um, How but, did you do it? Um, <laughs> you know, it was all funny. It, it's kind of like the, the whole thing of become, being a band, and then we. Our early career was a lot of PMA, a lot of really positive songs. Mm-hmm. Very positive. Fletcher came in with. Uh, Positive mental attitude. Yeah, positive yes. mental attitude and a lot of life-affirming songs. So I was mm-hmm. really, I was big into Thoreau and Emerson. Yep. I, the whole self-reliance thing was huge for me in college. So I was putting that into a lot of our lyrics for the first 
four albums. So, you know, into our career. And then Fletcher writes F Authority. This is the best song ever, and, you know, it's going to be great. And so it's kind of something like, eh, I'm not sure about that song. Uh, didn't, you know, uh, Wasted Youth have that? And why are we doing this? And then it was out on the record, and now I'm the F Authority guy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what we're known for, F Authority now, instead of any of my positive life-affirming songs. <laughs> and now I realize, and then right then, I have kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm in kindergarten, and the teacher is saying, don't you have a song on the radio right now? And I'm all, yeah, yeah, we do. So what about this drawing my kid did? Let's <laughs> let's change the subject. So it was, instead of me, like, accepting it, I would totally avoid it. Like, uh -huh. no, no, we don't have to talk about that, though. Yeah, and she'd be like, no, I, I think it's called F Authority, and I think you, and I'm like, yeah, you know, oh, look at that picture on the wall. What is that? Where's her, where's her book report? But um, so that was... So it, just for you at that point, as it was, you were avoiding it. You're yeah. like, I can't, I can't <laughs> accept this. I, I mean, because here's a perfect example about fitting in. Um, when we wanted to rebel so much in high school, being punk rockers, and I'm going to be myself. I'm going to have blue hair, and I'm going to mm -hmm. dress funny, even though I'm a middle class kid from the beach, you know. And and so I was all about that. I wanted to stand out and be crazy and and all that type of stuff. But now I found when I was a dad, I like I wanted to fit in really bad. Wow, so I would I would show up to these things like I don't want to stand out for these kids and you know have them be like my dad's this weirdo. I didn't want them to be embarrassed of me. Right. And I at and with each three girls, they all approach it different. I think my oldest was a little bit like, Dad, can you just like get in the background? I don't, you know, don't embarrass me and, and whatever. My middle one is kind of more of an athlete. She's like, yeah, that's my dad. You know, he's rad. He's so gnarly, you know. <laughs> and she would tell everyone. She'd walk in the room. My dad's in the band. Pennywise probably heard of it, you know. Yeah. She would like nice. so, authority guy right yeah. there. You're the F authority guy. Dad, yeah. come over here. F authority. That's yeah. him. Go. Uh, yeah. yeah. She was all about it. <laughs> so everyone took it differently, but I think it, it is a very unique thing for those kids to grow up in that environment. But uh, I was very much just wanted to, you know, blend in with the other dads, have it be cool. But mm -hmm. at certain points, it, it did get a little weird at times. There was other, you know families or something to be like i'm not sure if we want you playing with that family he's in a he's in a punk band wow. and that really hurt me that was sure. like where i was i didn't never wanted my kids to be like shunned know, shunned because yeah. their dad has a, a some cussing in his songs and they think that i'm something that i'm not you know so there was uh, a little bit of that so i would kind of play it down a little bit in the community and stuff but but since then you know you just kind of embrace and go like yep this is who i am well, isn't it also interesting, and this goes back to that, you know, we had a, an, an email that created a whole show just, I mean, very recently about how this, this gentleman that wrote in was about to become a parent. He's a musician. It says, like, this, I love this. Like, this is my passion. Super right. excited about this kid on the way. But can you tell me how do I maintain this His part identity. of my identity right. and also be, be a good dad and, and, and embrace this whole parenthood thing? And it's, as I'm listening to you, it really sounds like the, the, the sweet spot again is being able to say, this is about my kids. Like they're right. separate individuals. This is who I am. This is my path, but don't like impose my path and who I am on my kids or define right. or judge them because they are individuals unto themselves. And my job as a parent is to give them space and support and guidelines to figure out who that is, which could be radically different than who I am. Right. What I, what I like about hearing what Jimmy said right there with the school situation is he was really able to separate himself mm -hmm. and be able to be, I'm, I'm more than the singer of Pennywise. I'm a father. Right. I'm a, a parent of three girls. Right. I'm a husband. Oh, and I also sing for Pennywise. That's right. And I'm the F authority I have a guy. variety of hats. Yeah, whereas yeah. I feel sometimes, I know from my personal experience, I sometimes feel it's, it's hard to switch those hats mm -hmm. and sometimes I wear the wrong hat to the wrong event. Uh, sure. <laughs> Have you ever done that, Jimmy, yeah. where yep. you're like, yeah. I am the F authority guy, and, and yeah. the family's like, not today. No, yeah, not yeah. today. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, all right. Like, there's been a yeah. couple times where, where I'll show up in an event or something, and I'm in one, you know, I got one hat on, and then I realize, oh, I got to switch this up. I have to be more on this level. And sometimes yeah. even with my own daughter, I get the, I, I don't, I get it. It's funny, with my daughter, and when I'm with her, and she's the oldest, I get more of the, like, she likes when I joke around with her friends. And, you know, if I pick them up in the car, I, I, they, they know I'm going to, you know, say something and joke around with them. And I know yeah. her friends, so I joke around. Whereas my son, on the other hand, he's, he's way more, um, dad, come on, man. Like, 
do you have to always be joking around? And and th- and I go, okay, and I respect that, and and that's why I switch the hats out. Right, right. For him, I'm gonna be more of he wants a dad that picks up, doesn't really talk a lot in the car. Yeah, lets him and his friends. And that might change at different at different you know, times of, in his own journey. And I think again, that's part of our but it's role a hat as switching. parents. Exactly. Going back to what you just keep saying, I wrote it down earlier. Sweet spot. The sweet spot. The sweet spot. It's and it, it got a sweet spot in surfing. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's finding that that balance. right place in the and that balance on the wave and that that part that you just dive into and. And, and, and it feels that I always use analogies. You know, you've known me for so long. I'm the, you know, it's like the sweet spot of parenting. There really is one right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So can I ask another yeah, question? Yeah. Uh, so I'd God, like, we're not going to let him out of here. I know we're not, not anytime <laughs> soon. Um, so I'd like to know, and it's sort of connected to my other question about, you know, when, when you became a, a father to girls, how did that impact your sense of, uh, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a man in relationship to girls and women. But when you, you said the whole thing of when guys, when people ask you, well, what are you going to do? You know, three daughters, oh, I've got these various weapons to fend off the, mm, yeah. so I, I'm always curious when I hear fathers of girls say that, cause I want to be like, okay, so then how about if we tell the parents who are raising boys what they could do? Like, what could their part be? If you were to, yeah. you know, meet with a, a room full of parents that have got like one boy, three boys or whatever, knowing that you have girls and wanting them to go out and be able to connect and create healthy relationships with men, what would you tell those parents would be great for them to do? Yeah. You know, I, I've honestly, I've joked about it before, but it's a serious subject because you literally have the, the, the dads with sons going, go get some boy, yes. like, go hit that, yes. you go, go knock it out of the park, you know, exactly. and you're as a, as a daughter uh, dad of a daughter, you're like, you know, stay the heck away from him. I got guns here. I will protect him. <laughs> you know, and it's almost that bad. But um, so it, it de- you definitely put you on the defensive a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, I mean, a lot of my friends uh, that have boys and stuff, lucky enough, they most of them try and teach them to have that respect mm-hmm. because they have a wife mm-hmm. and they have someone they, they want to be treated in a respectful way. And it's tough, man, because the kids are getting really mixed messages. They always have been. Yeah. But I mean... I'll tell you one thing was was really heavy one time. Uh, I was taking my probably 12, 13-year-old girls to uh, to uh, soccer practice one time, and like they turned on some music, and it was hardcore hip-hop, mm. really mm. dirty. Mm-hmm. And I just had, and it was, you know, where, uh, you know what that type of stuff was yeah. like. Yeah, and I, I just said, and I just, I go, girls, you know, it's just not appropriate. Like, yeah. that's totally. Here's what's not okay with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And for you guys to be knowing every lyric and yep. <laughs> singing this back to me, and like that's dangerous because you know, and I can't accept it. And I, it was a strange time for me because here I am being like the, the uh, F authority guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be a hypocrite, but you don't want to censor what they're listening to. But at the same time, like this isn't appropriate for young girls to be listening. We've to had the music. same conversation. Or, or young it. boys for that matter, because yeah. this is all like, it's that, that music, yeah. that sort of misogynistic, you know, there objectifying you girls and women uh, messages from whatever kind of music, but that seems to be, is, is it, that's the whole thing. The whole question, we can't just keep telling girls, well, beware of boys like this. Yeah. And, and we can't as parents keep telling our boys, go out there and get some and think that anything is going to change. We have right. to all sort of do our part as a more conscious set of parents to, to raise our sons and our daughters. Isn't that funny? We sound like the PMRC now. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, 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 we're what's the punk that? rockers. No, the parents counsel about explicit lyrics. Oh, know, oh and yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to be from the punk world. Right, and it's hilarious. Like, these lyrics today, they've yeah. got a... They've got a <laughs> I, you know, it, when we got an email recently that dove into that. I think Anae had a chance to check it out. It was from... Uh, from a, a parent, some parents that were saying it is so hard raising my daughters right now. They're they're because of the pornography that these mm. boys are looking yeah. at, mm-hmm. because of uh, slut shaming yep. and and just all of these huge huge topics that are just crushing girls and and also just what boys are that are at their fingertips. They're carrying it around in their pocket, just access to so much. It yeah. really it mm-hmm. really made me realize like what you're saying with, with lyrics to songs. And and like you said, you know, we're joking around in the sense that, oh, you know, punk rock and 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 the lyrics, you know, I just feel the lyrics to, you know, a bad brain song or a black flag song, I don't know if it is explicit as some of the songs that you can turn on the radio. And like you said, 
those messages, and I've had those conversations with my daughter and, and my son because he's, you know, he'll really, he'll listen to a lot of different music and I have to have that conversation with him. I'm like, look, it's not the style of music, bro. Right. It's the message. Mm -hmm. right. That's all I'm saying. Like right. there's another artist that I know has the same groove and the same vibe and that same thing that you're getting from it, but why don't we find it with yeah. a better message? Right. And then that becomes, you know, kind of our experiment together to go out there and go, okay, let's find this artist. Let's find that artist and still keep them going down the road of what he's into instead of digging into my Would, would you two as, as, you know, punk rock musicians, would you make the distinction that the message of punk rock music is more general in sense in the sense of like not because I'm a man I'm going to buck authority or not because you're a woman like, but just that we collectively as individuals regardless of our gender need to be aware of how oppressive authority can be and I think you just nailed it like at least I could speak for myself and is that uh, that's why I got into punk rock it was never boys and girls and right. there was it was like we're all in it together and you know what uh, middle finger to anyone telling us what to do, what to dress, what to think. Oh, you're gay? Cool. I love that. Oh, you're, you're a girl and you want to come in the pit? Yeah, let's do they, Seven Seconds had a song, uh, Not Just Boys Fun, and that was my first yeah. eye-opening experience to these lyrics about Not Just Boys Fun. It's Not Just Boys Fun. And it was, and I'm, you know, I'm 14 years old and I hear these lyrics from this guy mm -hmm. talking about like, yeah, the, the dancing at this show is for everyone. And yeah. if you come here to hurt people and do that, I don't want you here. And I want girls here. I want right. everyone here. So, so and it was a musical really equivalent of sci-fi. Like that's why we love sci-fi in our house is because it doesn't have those narrow gender roles that right. other, other genres have. So would you agree, Jimmy, with what he's saying? Absolutely. And I think that we've been so fortunate. Uh, I mean, Punk rock kind of gets a bad rap. Everyone, like, the mainstream a long time ago, they thought it was Sid Vicious mm -hmm. and a, a junkie who stabs his girlfriend sure. and dies. And it's like, that's the punkest thing ever. But me and Joe were, uh, we definitely got off on bands like Dag Nasty and Seven Seconds. Who, Minor and, threat. And it probably started with The Clash and Joe Strummer, who was just such, his politics were just so spot on you know and and we learned so much from that mm -hmm. and and that is what really got me excited about it and then going to college and reading a lot of different books that were so so much about self-reliance mm -hmm. and, and uh and what does what, that mean what does that mean to you self-reliance self is is uh, bottom line uh marching to the beat of your own drumper not to use another cliche but it, it means uh believing in yourself for the answers in life and, and, and not going, I mean, this is the punk rock message. We don't go to our state. We don't go to our church. We don't go to all these different places. Where we've been force fed this dogma. Mm -hmm. Look to yourself for the answers. If you end up going back to those places and thinking they had it right. Okay. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But first look inside yourself, rely yeah. on your own instincts. Um, and that's where as parents, you're hoping some way my, my, 10 Emerson and Thoreau books on the wall or they're yeah. going to see that and uh, they're going to say, I, now I get where, where he's coming from. Yes. And, and maybe they'll, they'll understand F Authority is actually a positive song at the end of it. It's saying, stand up for your beliefs and stand sure. up for your opinion. And we as a people have to stand up against oppression and right. tyranny and things like that. Well, and, and first find your own beliefs, yeah. right? Like I think it would be the ultimate test for, for, for you, for anyone coming from that, that place of, um, you know, it being about the individual and us having this power from within, as opposed to looking externally as a parent to be like, oh, let's see how this is going to play out in the ultimate test where these are my kids and my inclination is to probably be guiding a little bit more than I would with anybody else instead right. of also trusting that it's in them. Right. And that if I just provide enough space with some guidelines, they don't get hurt, right. um, that they will find their way because it's all inside of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So how did, so how have you done that in your cuz there I have a couple of questions you know that are connected. One I want to go back in a second to how have you managed to maintain your identity as a punk rocker and and a dad wearing both those hats cuz we have lots of listeners who have asked that question. But in this moment I'm also curious about how your belief system in terms of the power being within and finding your own path um how has can you give us an example or two of what you've done as a parent to model that or to instill that in your girls? Well, you know, I just think it's giving that support system that they have to have when when you're like, you know, giving them the 
the open door to be like, well, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And do you want to have these experiences and kind of, you know, you hate to be someone telling them the story of where you screwed up or, but there's different times where just casually I'll mention like, man, at this point where what you're going through, this is what I did. Or let's say they're having a conflict somewhere and say, Hey man, I remember this one situation. If I, you know, could go back and change this, I wish I would have dealt with this better. And, and, and that's all you can do mm-hmm. in certain areas is just kind of give them a little bit of guidance, but then give them the opportunity to find their own way. Yeah. And, and, and similar, like well, one thing a lot of people don't know about me or, uh, from even fans of the band, I was, uh, I was a born again Christian for a while. I was in the church and, uh, and followed, shocking. Yeah. Followed that whole path for a little while outside of school. And, uh, so definitely a lot of my songs are about. Catholic guilt. I was also raised a Catholic yeah. uh, altar boy and all the wow. above. Wow. So it, it's like some of it's in there. And I, I definitely believe that um, I, I didn't want to uh, pass down that dogma of being like, this is how you have to believe. Because mm-hmm. I believe that's probably one of the biggest problems facing the world and other religions around the world is mm-hmm. that these kids are trapped in their parents' religious systems yes. and their belief systems now, and they can't get out. Yes. They're starting to see it on the internet. You're seeing it all over in places in the Middle East and different areas where they see that they don't have to be trapped by this anymore. And that's, I really think, our our only hope of getting out of some of this violence. Yeah. Not, to, not to take us down another road, yeah. but when you're, when you're talking about our, our responsibility as parents, how much of it becomes like, I'm just going to fill... My kid, well, full of my beliefs, yes. and and here, here's how the world is. Instead of giving them a point of saying, "Hey, this is what what I went through. Here's what I struggled with." Yeah. Now it's kind of up to you to to discover what you believe. And so, right. I think well, I mean, I think I think the reason because it's easier to fill them up with the beliefs than to step back and go, "I have my life; they have theirs." Yeah. And it's scary to be like, "I want to help you, but I also I'm also going to be comfortable with you becoming you. who you want to yes. be. Yes, you uh, are a separate individual. Yeah." Uh, but what I, if that person then, what if they want to join a cult, you know? Well, this Then is, you're scared to death. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Thank you for letting me be who I want to be. I want to be a Mooney. Yeah. yeah. Cool? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then we, it. fingers crossed that they find their way. It's funny that, it's funny that you bring that up because I do have to ask you, you know, with three girls and, and you're, you know, you have a 19 year old, you have a 17 year old. And I know some of the dads, some of the moms that are, are listening right now. Like one of the things I, I have to ask you is, so what... Now, looking back on your journey as being a parent, which is you know going to continue forever, could you share with some of the the parents right now, like some of those conversations that you and I had in the early times when I said, "Oh my gosh, the girls are being so mean to my daughter," and you said, "Don't worry, you know we'll get through that," and or even I think once I told you, you know, my daughter won't talk to me in the car, you know, and you were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's pretty standard." Well, yeah, or just say, I mean, I think that the great the the question is if you were to say to a less experienced, I'm just thinking for the dad that's listening yeah. right yeah, now. That's what would say like what are one, daughter. two, three things that you're like? Here are three things I know yeah. about parenting. <laughs> things I don't know is probably more like it. <laughs> um, or like you know, for me, I always say it never turns. I always have lately. I've been saying like it never turns yeah. out the way you think mm-hmm. it is. Like that's something, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's and even prepare with, for everything, you yeah. know, because that's 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 <laughs> probably a big one, and just yeah. you, know, you know, never know what to expect. But I think you know, it, it sounds kind of crass, but a, a neighbor said this to me at a certain point, and this was interesting the way they put it. She said, "You're going to lose her for a while, mm-hmm. just so you know. There's going to be a point where." Right up to a certain point, you're going to be buddies and you're going to be friends yep. and you're going to, she's going to think you're great and you're going to tuck her in and, and you're just a fascinating guy and you're everything. And then at a certain age, it's going to be all about her friends and her mm-hmm. social relationships and things that are going on in that. And then, and then it is a point where it's kind of like that you've been telling them what to do for so long, you keeping them out Trust of trouble. It. Yeah, they. You've got a certain point is they're they're gonna leave you. And that probably in the in the sense of almost mentally, you know, you'll be like, "How was your day? Like, what what happened to the the sixth grader or fifth grader where you go, <laughs> how's your day?'" And say, "Oh, I colored and yep. and then we went down the slide." And they're like, you know, and the eighth grader, the freshman's gonna go, "It was fine. Like, don't worry about it, Dad." You exactly. know, or like, "Why why are you bugging me?" You know, or "Why? What do you want me to tell you?" You know, I didn't solve cancer today, Dad. <laughs> you know. 
Right. Well, and, and, so. I, and I think as, as parents, what can put our minds at ease is in the same way that our, in the first year of life, when our child goes from, you know, sitting up to crawling to walking, and we look at that and we go, oh my gosh, he or she is totally on track. What we need to learn to do as parents, and this is why we want to educate people about what it's like to raise an adolescent, is if they're doing exactly what you're talking about, they're right on track. That's right. a natural, healthy part of their development is to move away from their parents and start to figure out who they are in the world. And if right. we hinder that, we are literally hindering their development. Yeah. And I didn't learn that until I met you. Yay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And and that's one of the reasons why I love doing this show because I'm just hoping that another dad and another mom hears that right now. And I'm hoping wherever they are, they're just like, oh, because... It makes sense when you think of it that way. And then we can stop white knuckling, which only yeah. makes ah. things worse, right? Is when yeah. we hold on too tight because we're so terrified. We never make good decisions as human beings when we come from a place of fear. Can I throw, yeah. can I throw, okay, I'm the master of white knuckling. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now that I got both of you guys in <laughs> Bring front of me. It. Okay, I'm going to throw something out right now that's going on this weekend. Uh, okay, so my daughter uh, is having, uh, it's that last day of school mm -hmm. and she's going to have a party at the house. And it's, you know, we got the, we hired a lifeguard. Buckle up. Okay. No, but check it out. <laughs> so we, we, we hired, a, and this is a question for both of you guys. So, um, we hired the lifeguard. Everything's, you know, fine. You know, you know, no drinking, no, nothing like that. But the girl, everyone's going to come over to the house. And then the only thing that my daughter asked, and, and it was like a sit down, like, dad, do you got a second? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, can you, know, can you bring the PA from side one dummy? I go, yep. She's like, oh, can you hook it all up for me? I go, yeah. She's like, can we heat the pool? I said, absolutely. We're going to heat the pool. Can we have the jacuzzi on? I was like, you know what? All right. You know, what the hell? You did, you know, you had sand to school. Dad, can you get me some pizzas? You know, and I'm, like, I'm great. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. And she said, okay, last thing, can you not be there? <laughs> I'm like, of course she I, did. I did not have that reaction. <laughs> and she's, and I'm like, like, oh, you Devastated. know, and I said this, Anaya, I said, I said, um, oh, so you mean you, you know, of course mom and I both have to be here. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I want, I want mom here, but <laughs> I think it would be better if you're not here. And I was like, there was a part of me. That, that was died. That, yeah, like but kicked you in the nuts. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but the thing that I gotta say, and 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 I, I'm just, is that the way that she presented it was more about dad. It's not so much about you not being here because it's going to be crazy. It's more about it'll just be better for you mm. not to be here because ah. I know you're going to stress on too many people on the diving board. Hey, guys, put that down over there. Who's up there? Go. Are yeah. you on the balcony? And yeah. she's like, I just, <laughs> Dad, I just got to have four hours where that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I just, I realized, and tell me, I don't know. I'm asking both of you guys. I went for, I went for surrender. I went for like, I back it. I'll go to islands and, <laughs> and eat some fries <laughs> and have those yakitaki. Tacos oh. and watch baseball. I'll meet you for a margarita. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to yeah. you know. So wow, I went back to what you said in the sense that we had this conversation, Jimmy, and, and you yeah. might. We had a show where it was called "Making Your House the Hangout" mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Anaya and I, Anaya introduced the idea to me of like, hey, I rather have everyone underneath my roof. And 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 just say, all right, I surrender to the house is going to get thrashed, right. but I want everyone here, and yeah. they can have their own time in the backyard. I'm not going to go out there and micromanage and listen and yeah. and then comment. That was like a big thing. Like you can't hear like so and so did this, and then go out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? What's going on? You just hey man, oh, that's, yeah. you kind of almost have to be like you don't Houdini. Be there. You're Houdini. You're invisible. <laughs> yeah. You're just like cruising around. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, wow. So underneath that guidelines, I'm asking you guys like we're making we're going to have it at the house. And but I'm not going to be there. Is that is that? Is and that, Karen will. Yeah, Karen Karen's will be there. there. Karen's there with another mom. Um, okay. So what what exactly is your question, Joe? I don't know. Is it okay? <laughs> okay is I'll ask it... this question: Is she ever going to invite me to a party? Can I come to the wedding? <laughs> or yeah, can I come yes. to some event? So I think <laughs> Jimmy, did you? Ever, I guess what I'm asking you is: did, Were you ever uh, told, Dad, bail? No. Uh, basically, it's almost like an implicit thing, and it, it happens uh, gradually over right at that age I was talking about, where. Where I literally now I would used used to be like, hey, we can't play any shows on on October 11th because my daughter's birthday and I gotta be there. She will kill me. To where at the teenage years it's all. Is there any way you could be gone, gone. on October 11th? Could you be playing a show on? Right, so it is. There's definitely a thing. So Fletcher would get the call from your daughter. Hey, uh, maybe you guys need to do a run, yeah. uh, Seattle yeah. Portland run. Yeah, I booked you guys up in Portland. Uh, we got you uh, all through the whole weekend. But no, you know, I think. You got to just. Is that normal? It is normal. Okay. And mm -hmm. also, it's something where it's like 
they want you there when they need you there. Yes. And they and they don't want you there when they don't want you there. And you you just have to once again find that sweet spot of you you saying, I'm okay with this. You know, uh, not to go to the old school. When you're under my roof, this is how you have to behave. But then on the other side, then you do get in the problem of, and there's other families in the South Bay that I've heard about, and they and they provided the alcohol at the party, mm-hmm. and man. You're heading into huge uh, trouble there. Well, just yeah. to warn everyone out there, yeah. Yeah. never, ever, ever do that. Yeah, and it was funny. I, I, I can't uh, th- bust Chuck, my daughter, but she finally once got to that age, uh, she was like, "Yeah, we're, this is party, and we have to drink some beer, and um, or we're supposed to bring some beer to this party." And she, she didn't tell me this. So this is my wife, and she's like, "So I was gonna take some beers from the the." the refrigerator in the garage, you know, and, and I thought it was so funny. I was like, first of all, you know, you, you don't ask that. That's, yeah. you just, you take <laughs> just the beers. You, that's like, <laughs> be bad. And, but it was so funny because at some point, I guess she like brought them back, you know, didn't use them and put them all back into the fridge. I'm like, I've got the most responsible kid yes. in the entire world. Yeah. And it was so. And I, I think they find their way to that more quickly if we give them room to find right. their way to that, as opposed to them feeling that they've constantly got to be pushing back because yeah. their natural inclination is to be making their own decisions or feeling like they're making their own decisions. And I think that's where, where parents go wrong. So your daughter, given the space to figure that out, did yeah. the right thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, a perfect example. But you know, I back feel to the, I, I, the responsibility that you're talking about that your daughter has. I, I see that in my kids all the time. They're so much more responsible than I am. Right, I know. And I, when no, no, we no. were kids, I mean, I was such a pile. I mean, I was like, I was just, but just like in stupid stuff. It was not never anything to hurt anybody. But I would just want to, you know, sneak out at night and drive out here to Hollywood and go to some show and then you know, or you know, throw eggs at the school dance. Like just something so ridiculous that. You know, I think sometimes by our dumb example, they've found a way to be like, hey, you know, that kind of sucks when you do that. And it's, you know, maybe, you know what it is? Maybe they're finding the sweet spot as yeah, being, well, being a kid think, growing up. And yeah. I think, too, Joe, on, on the, with your, your question and your example, I think that there's also an opportunity. You know, this, this year on Mother's Day, I asked my kids, my girls asked what I wanted. And I said, here's what I want more than anything. I would love for each of you to tell me three things that you think I'm doing really well as a mom and three things I could do to improve, which was a little, like a little scary. scary. I'm like, what are they going to come with? But it, it gave them the opportunity. Like I was thrilled that I gave them space to see me being, um, encouraging them to be reflective about, you know, knowing that their voice and their thoughts were important, but also putting myself in a, in a vulnerable, vulnerable position that I would also want them to be willing to put themselves in and say, I want to ask, be able to ask the people that I love where I'm on point and, and how I can do better because I always want to be in a constant state of growth. So I think I say that now because I think there's also an opportunity here, Joe, for you to say, okay, you know what? I do white knuckle. And maybe that is becoming like oppressive in a way that I don't want it to be because yeah. I want to be part of these experiences. I am the white knuckler. So maybe <laughs> it's an opportunity for you to sit with over margaritas with a, with, a, with a buddy or by yourself and contemplate how could I, like what are the things that are making me white knuckle it so much of the yeah. time that are creating this sort of anxious frenetic energy right. at these gatherings that is one thing i wish so I, I could be there. i wish like whenever we say about when you're a parent you have an opportunity to break some of the tools that, to have your kids raise you uh, yeah or just that thing that we say all the time on the show you have the parenting toolbox uh-huh. and in my you know in my parenting toolbox obviously there's a set of white knuckles that i put yeah, on yep you know i don't put them on <laughs> as much as i used to yeah here's another thing i think when because you are obviously a conscientious dad and so probably if you just leave the i'm before the party just she understands. She, if as if you were there, she's going to have you in the back of the head, mm-hmm. going, "Oh, look, my friends are on the balcony. They want to jump off. My dad wouldn't dig that. Hey, you guys, get off the balcony." Yes. she already said to me. She already said to me, "Dad, nothing's going to happen." She's like, and I and and I know her as a as a person. She's, you know, she's super responsible, and I know that she's that kid that would be. Hey, mm-hmm. no one's jumping off the balcony. I don't know why we're talking about the balcony so much because now, <laughs> now, now I'm white knuckling. Now you're worried about the balcony. While we're here, <laughs> I'm already thinking. This. I gotta get home. Yeah, He's gonna put razor wire around uh, the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time. I'll, I'll say this though. I do remember this. We had a Fourth of July party once, and 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 it was awesome. And then the following week, my son said to me, he said, "Oh my dad, you were so fun at the Fourth of July party. I, I love you on the." Four-. And it was like it was like we were trying to make it to summer school, and it's now Monday morning, and it's eight a.m. And he's like, "Why can't you be like?" 
like Fourth of July, Dad. And I'm like, because I didn't drink twelve <laughs> beers and two shots of tequila, guy. You know, like yeah. it's eight in the morning. Yeah. It's like I want you to be more like Fourth yeah. of July, Dad. You know, then I'd get a DUI. Exactly. Yeah. We'll be Ubering you to school every Monday. Okay, so can we ask one last question? Yeah, go for Joe, it. Before go we wrap for up, it. back. So I'm going to take us back to the whole identity because mm. this is a recent episode. How would you say you've been able to maintain? Uh, this beautiful balance between honoring this this part of who you are as an individual, this punk rock dude, you know, it, with your band, blah, 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 and also be a present father, a, a present husband, the fact that you've been married for 24 years and it's still good, you've obviously not been phoning it in. Is there something, what, is the, what has been the conscious part of you being successful in, in wearing those multiple hats? Um, I think probably just being present. In mind, dropping in, Joe. <laughs> dropping in. You know, there just has to be that time in certain stages of your kids' development where you just have to be there, and yep. they may not even know that you're being there. Yeah. But it's just you being involved and, and taking an active interest when they're having issues. You know, like I said, they're struggling in school. That's that's tough. Like they're struggling in class. Like, hey, let's get you a tutor. What can we do together? Mm -hmm. Let me help you. So they're gonna cry. I don't want to go to the tutor again today. I don't want to do this. Okay, well, I'm here. I'm not just guy out the door. Good luck with that math test. I know you. You know you're on the cusp of a you know bad grade or something like that. Hey, man, like I'm present. What can we do to help this thing? And and the same thing goes with all that. Whether they're having problems with friends or something like that. And then just being there. Sometimes it's just, like I said, being present. Hey, you're having a problem with your uh, your friends and they're excluding you this weekend. They went to a party without you. They didn't tell you and now you're home bummed out. Mm-hmm. Let's watch a movie and hang out. Let's get yes. some popcorn. Let's chill. You know, and having that sense of when they're going through a hard time, not having to be like, well, let me tell you the story about how this and this is how you should do this. And we're going to go beat up the dad. You know, I joke about that, but it's better just to have that presence of, of like, Hey, I am here for you right. when you, when you need me. And I'm going to try not to be here when you don't need me. Right. You know? Well, and, and on that, I think what a lot of parents do actually is they tend to be I can, I'm just a parent now. And so what I'm interested in sort of a follow-up is how have you also demonstrated to them that you are also this other person and that before they got here, you have this love of music, you have this message that you want to be a part of refining and sharing and how, how has that fitting? So I think for a lot of parents, it's more that they go overboard with, I'm just a parent now and they forget about how they can also right. uh, maintain their individuality and model that for their kids. So they're also giving their kids permission to not become the same kind of all consumed parent. Yeah. It was kind of something that just came with the territory. When my daughter would come home from school, I'd be blaring the guitar in the garage they nice. knew what i was doing i'd, I'd be honing screaming. your craft yeah i'd be singing <laughs> into the microphone and playing a guitar and then i'm <laughs> yeah and then i'm uh you know packing my bags and going on tour dad's got to go to work you know that's that's how i go to work so it, it was a. Uh, you know, I was doing my thing. This is what my dad does. Mm-hmm. Other dads put on the suit and tie, yep. and they're wrapped up in their work, and, and they saw me doing it. And and it's like being passionate about anything. I was passionate about, I want my band to do well. I want people to respond to my lyrics. I, I want to write great songs that people are going to want to Do your daughters know them. about, like, the lyrics and, like, how meaty and how conscious and thoughtful they are? Like, have they spent time? Do you have conversations about that? Or are they just like, that's just you know, my dad? I, I, yeah, I think uh, part of it is um, hopefully down the line, I think they'll they'll read through some of the lyric books. But a big part of me was not to shove my musical mm-hmm. tastes. I don't want my three daughters to have to be into hardcore. I'm not sure. going to put them in Doc Martens and have them, you know, have spiked hair and things like that. You know, like any other kid there into Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, the other type of music that was their friends liked. Yeah. So we have different gigs, you know. And so it's, I was happy with that, you know. I, I know the words that every Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I know every One Direction song back when they used to like that stuff. And but you know what? I would sneak in uh, London Calling, and I'd sneak in a little <laughs> the Buzzcocks, and I'd sneak in some of this and some X. Yeah. And you know, every once in a while they go like, "Oh, I love Lost in the Supermarket. That's that's such yeah. a cool song." And Blondie, like, let's listen to that Blondie, you know, and or Ramones, you know, and they know every lyric now to those 
certain songs that they're going to respond to, but I'm not going to be like, hey, listen to uh, It's Up to Me by your dad, man. Yeah. This has got some heavy stuff, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, at a certain point, they're, they're going to come around to it and probably be like, hey, dad, I see what you're going through with this song, mm-hmm. you know, and or, you know, these lyrics and hopefully they'll get something out of it, but Love I, it. I'm not going to. It's finding Hold that sweet breath. spot, man. That's, <laughs> that's the title that's of the show. That's the freaking sweet spot. <laughs> that is the sweet spot. Jimmy, thank you so much yeah. for coming up yeah. here, hanging out with Anae and I. I yeah. feel like I've learned something. So when, good. I'm glad. Every time I do this show, I learn something. Yeah. I'm, I'm not white knuckling anymore. I love it. Nope. That's a lie. That's your homework. All right. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to Rad Parenting. Please take the opportunity to write a review. We love when you guys write reviews. Please do that. If you enjoyed this with Jimmy, share it on your Facebook. Like our uh, Rad Parenting Facebook page. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Thank you guys all for listening. Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank yes. you. Joe Sib and Anea, we are out of here. Later. Later.